Hey, you're now loaded up for Think Rank with David Barry, the think tank for thinking rank. If it's on your mind, it's probably on his mind. So join rank. We're all in this one together. Now here's your host, the reality of rank, the bull god himself, David Barry. How's everybody doing? Wednesday night. 7.30 p.m., something like that, Central Standard Time. Think Rank Podcast. I'm David Berry. Before we get going tonight, I want to uh, kind of go over some stuff with what I do. And uh, all my podcasts, these are live that you're watching. Uh, we are recording the audio of it. Um, and so that goes over to the website, monsterbowl.com. And so that... Uh, as you're driving down the road, uh, traveling or whatever, just uh, you can uh, go to my website and listen to the audio version of it. So something, to, so 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 something for guys that uh, and girls that uh, uh, they want to hear the audio version of a of a podcast, and I have a bunch of them on there. So. Um, but uh, anyway, monsterbull.com. While you're there, check out my store. We got a lot of cool monsterbull gear. Summertime, get you some t-shirts, cut the sleeves out, cut the neck out, and uh, be cool. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know why we don't sell them like that, but we buy the whole fucking shirt so that you can cut it up. But uh, I um, I have a YouTube channel. It is on YouTube. It's David Barry Monster Bull, and that's basically uh, just rodeo shows, rodeo ranching shows where I'm just ranching here, uh, chasing bulls. Uh, doing a lot of things here and that is a growing channel that is something i think uh that's really grown actually more than i ever thought it would and uh, and it's continually to grow and it's thanks to people like you who uh, go to it and uh, subscribe to it and and watch the shows so um there's a lot of people in the world that comment to us and write to us about the shows that don't know anything about a ranch and, and let alone a rodeo ranch and the bucking bulls and things like that. So it's really neat to be able to explain my way of life, our way of life out here and what we're doing and why we're doing it, etc. To, to people that don't know. And I think, I know especially for me living here in northeast Oklahoma my whole life, I, uh, I just assume everybody knows, you know, and the YouTube reach is so far out there that um, it gets out of northeast Oklahoma. So uh, there's people that are interested in what we do out here. And so, but anyway, go check out my shows. Uh, we're hoping to someday be able to put my uh, podcast on there too, the video version of them uh, on YouTube and the audio version on Monsterable and uh, go, go with that. I have a bull riding coach practice, uh, end of July, July 30 and 31. Um, we have, we don't have nothing, uh, created for it as far as advertisement wise. It's on the website, I think, where you can sign up if you're interested in them. They do sell out. So, uh, you, you, if you're interested or know somebody's interested, you're going to want, um, to let them know or get signed up. We should have an, uh, more advertisement out there on it. Um, probably, probably next week. I have a bull riding I'm doing this weekend here in Locust Grove. It's called Battle of Locust Grove. And, um, 
and so really good entries were called in last night. It's gonna it's a it's gonna be an awesome watching uh, type bull riding. And so we have some open bull riders that I'm guaranteeing two thousand dollars to a first place winner, and so that did attract uh, some stud bull riders. And then uh, I have a junior uh, with it that they're qualifying to go to I guess it's Las Vegas to. The junior world finals. The junior world finals. Um, so, um, and um, I wouldn't mention their sponsor, but they don't sponsor me, so I don't mention them. But anyway, so bull riding this weekend, coach practice at the end of the month of July. And right now we're at Wednesday night and we're doing a Think Rank podcast as I try to do every Wednesday evening. And, um, the Think Rank podcast is designed to what it says. Think Rank, um, be uh, be more than 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 what you feel. You've got to rise above. You've got to ask for more. You've got to you've got to dig down deep to be a winner. You know, and I think at some point in time, I will tell you that winners are not born. Winners are made, and you have to develop into that. You uh, you was you was. Uh, you know, there's an instance where um, we're, we're, we're at some point in time, I think people are trying to tell us we're privileged and we all should be winners. And uh, I think in God's eyes, we are. But in the human form and our goal setting and our and the desire to have more and know that there's more, I think it's okay to want more. And, and to want more and to do more, we're going to have to beat somebody's ass to get it. And out, outride them, outwork them, out whatever it is, you know. And so, I think if you want to be on the team, you got to catch all the baseballs and you got to hit all the baseballs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you strike out, they're probably going to look for somebody else. So, I think in life we have to move forward with digging down deep, thinking rank, doing more. And and the think rank part is mind over matter. Our mind is what tells us you can't do it or you can do this. And so we have to decide what do we want, how bad do we want it, and what are we willing to do about it. And that's where I do the Think Rank podcast to help you understand that your thinking process is what's holding you back. And and, and so we got to learn to retrain our brain to win. And it don't matter how old you are, you can teach an old dog new tricks, okay? And so we have to apply an effort. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over because we're going to keep getting the same results. And I think the people that do listen to Think Rank do want more. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I'm here to help you uh, to get the more. You know. And uh, I I talk about a neutral thinking, and and I'm I've, I've I want to be doing more on that because neutral thinking for myself has elevated my game. Neutral thinking for Holly has elevated her barrel race and wins. And so there's some thing. It's it's the way you think, and 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 a lot of times you can kind of define it in what you're not thinking about. Okay. So, but anyway, that's what Think Rank is designed about is to help you in your mental game of competing and remind you that you are a badass and, and that you can be what you want to be, what you've dreamed of being, what you've loved doing. You can be that, but you have to believe in yourself and, and it's hard to believe in yourself when you fail your way. And, and, but the problem is, is we're going to fail our way to the top before we win. We're going to make all these mistakes before we actually win. 
and so we have to be un- okay with that that our failures our mistakes are is a learning process to the win and and but what happens is most people quit before they win because they get frustrated they feel like they start feeling like i i just can't do this i keep losing i keep doing i keep doing the same thing over and over you can cure it and fix it um but but it takes more than just sometimes just the effort sometimes it takes a, a hell of a thought process and and to change a bad habit into a good habit takes at least 21 days plus of constant consistently working on it working at it and then and then changing your mindset along the way so a habit um is a, is a physical thing right and so we have this we have to change our physical habit well along with that we have to change our mental habit too and so there's a process there most of us don't understand that process and 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 quite frankly i think some of us just kind of want it to be easy and or easier and uh winning's not easy being at the top's not easy and so um, that's what I designed Think Rank around and will continue to bring on Wednesday evenings is the, the, the mindset of a winner and, and how, how you need to prepare yourself uh, for the next day to start winning. So anyway, with that said, um, we have, uh, I have a guest tonight, actually, and... Um, my guest is a somebody, and he um, he has a great story, and um, I am very, very uh, been very excited about since he agreed to do a podcast with me uh, to bring him on with me, and uh, and again it's one of my first uh, one of my first attempts to do this, but um, I, give me, let I, let me wet my whistle. Yeah, see it's dry. It's adding right now. Oh yeah, see, see, I was a lot better. See, you can tell when my whistle gets dry, and when I wet it, it's a lot better. It's a lot louder, more folk, more, more better deal. It says it's adding him right now. It may take a second to get all the technical stuff worked in here, but it is adding. So, so theoretically, we're we're untrained professionals, okay? <laughs> and and so, if if you are watching this and you are a professional, don't gross me. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I know I make this look easy. It's harder than shit. And I'm just sitting here staring at a phone right now, uh, or a camera. And then uh, we got all these mics around us and, and recording stuff. But um, we will bring my guest on here in a minute. So, so, so in the meantime, though, uh, talking about the thinking rank and, 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 and what it takes to achieve your goals and dreams, one of the things that uh, we're going to hear tonight is you've got to love what you do. You gotta love what you do. You ain't, you're not doing it for any other reason. You love what you do. There's a lot of people in the world that have become very wealthy people because they loved what they do. And as we love what we do, we're gonna get better at what we do. And we're gonna get extremely, um, uh, wealthy at what we do because we love what we do. And so that, that's something in, in, a, in a rodeo world, uh, the business world. I've had people to talk to me. I get a lot of people actually. And it's almost surprisingly, I get probably not as many, but I do get a lot of business people who message me after podcast or 
during the week that that are uh, want to talk uh, about their their uh, not so much as business but themselves and how they can become better and uh, in the mindset and uh, that's that's pretty neat uh, for me because I enjoy uh, helping people and it, and, uh, and 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 making you dig down and find what used to live in you that you might have let the fire you know burn down a little bit and we're gonna light that fire back up and give the the actual reasons of uh, of what you know why you're doing what you do where are we at there I had him on here and it said it was asking for requests and I'm not finding him anymore but we're on it I promise you we're on it. Right on. Um, maybe we just bring him on the phone then. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, um, <clears throat> again, uh, technology is outstanding. I love it. I think it's amazing stuff. But you've got to know what the fuck you're doing, and we don't. But um, It was on there. It said it was so, requesting him and, it, and everything. He... Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll sue Facebook for fucking it up then. Yeah, hang yeah. on a second. So, anyway, guys, um, appreciate your patience. Um, hang on, no, we're good. I, I know, I know, uh, I know. You guys that listen and watch, um, you guys have the uh, the the desire to to to, to want more, and um, and hopefully that's that's something that podcasting uh think rank's going to be able to do for you so um but i so i think so i think what we're going to do is uh go ahead i got you on phone okay so okay so all right so here we go um it's uh it's not going to be on my video like i wanted it to be uh but my guest tonight is world champion bull rider matt austin and uh, and and so that, expl- that that tells a lot, but he has a lot to say about the journey that it takes and it took him to go from uh, being a kid, uh, a steer rider, to the world champion, most feared bull rider in the world. And and I think uh, and I'll, we'll find out, but maybe have uh, won the most money ever in, uh, in in pro rodeo. So at one time there. So anyway, Matt, are you live? Are, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Um, are you are you down in the heat of Texas? Well, you know it. You know it's it's been it's been hotter than hell down here. We just been working and and trying to stay cool, but. That's life. Sometimes you just gotta, just gotta deal with whatever gets thrown your way. No, no doubt, man. No doubt. So, so Matt, uh, you know, we're we're on my podcast. I call Think Rank, and and we're basically, it's basically that Think Rank, um, and and you know, you you get into that, and in and in a at a. At a the professional athletes, um, not only do they have talent, but they also have a, a talent of their mindset. Um, they don't let 
shit bother them. They're they they're in there working in the gym, but they're also training their brain, whatever. They're in the arena training, training their their whether it is maybe tying calves, bulldogging, riding bulls, whatever, roping calves. But we also have to train our brain to win too, and that's what Think Rank is is designed a lot around. But I wanted to talk to you tonight, and I really wanted. To, first of all, I want to just thank you for giving us the time of day. I know you've got a, a busy life. You got a family now, and but you also got a story that I think will inspire uh, a big part of our audience and our younger our younger generation that's listening and um, and so but anyway tell me uh, so Matt so tell me a little bit about your start so obviously you're known for being the world champion bull rider but tell me about when you wasn't known when nobody knew who Matt Austin was when you just started out riding uh, what I mean how old was you when you started riding I think, David, I was about nine years old when I got on uh, my, my first year. Uh, of course, my dad, he, he rode bulls, and, and he did all three, and my granddaddy did also, and, and my uncle did too. But my dad was a pipeline welder growing up, and uh, I remember sitting around the house one Saturday afternoon, couldn't find nothing to watch, so I went went to digging through the movie case, and I, I found this tape. It said rodeo films, and I put it I put that vhs tape in and, and uh it was like a six hour video of nothing but my dad rodeo on it had a bunch of bull rides and stuff on there oh and i was just fascinated with that <laughs> and of course my dad wasn't going to be home for a couple of days because he was out of state working but i couldn't wait till he got home because i told him i wanted to be a bull rider <laughs> and uh you know and it was pretty funny of course he knew there's a stock contractor down here in texas named Troy Ellis, a lot of people remember Troy Ellis, but he had a, he used to have a buck out there in, in Terrell on Tuesday nights and dad called up Troy and, and, uh, told him I was wanting to get on something. Troy said, yeah, we got some steers up there. And uh, I still remember to this day, you know, I got on two steers that night and I think two, both of them combined didn't equal a jump. <laughs> but I mean, and it, it, it was so funny too because you can remember things from your childhood. And, and I just remember that getting on and being scared and anxious, and then it just pow, I hit the ground, you know. And uh, so Dad, he built me a little buck and barrel outside the house, and, and uh, he'd buck me on it. And uh, Christmas was like six months later, so for Christmas I got a brand new bull rope and a and a worst Rex tape. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he was trying to encourage me, but scare me at the same time, you know. But I was fascinated with it, and. Uh, course uh you know we didn't there wasn't a whole lot of practice deals at the time and there was there was some uh there's a little bit of youth rodeos and stuff so i just kind of kept getting on that barrel and stuff and, and started entering steer ridings and stuff and i kind of got to where i can ride and and we looked in the back then they had a magazine called the hoof beats and dad looked in there and seen where they had these these was having these youth rodeos on on sundays okay and uh of course uh, I go to it and, and, uh, and these steers were like, and I, I'm probably about 11 at the time. And these steers, they go back there and these steers wasn't just like the steers I've been getting on. These are like big old, big old steers. And a guy named Cecil McCandless owned them and he used to put on all the CTA, CTYA rodeos down here. And these steers bucked. Now, I mean, every one of them was jumping out there and turning back or jump kicking in a circle. And I drew this big old yellow steer, and that sucker jump kicked around to the right, and I hung on the side of it. 
that I made. I was the only one to make the whistle, and I remember winning two hundred and fifty dollars and thought I was never going to see another poor day in my lifetime. <laughs> but uh, you know, just just from there on, uh, David, I just I went to getting on steers and stuff, and Dad Dad hauled me all over the, the place. Uh, we went to uh, I was in the the Pro Youth Rodeo Association, and uh, one year they had the AWRA which was the American Youth Rodeo Association. They only had it for one year, but it was it was really big. Okay, yeah. And uh, by this time, I'd advanced to peewee bulls. And, okay. Uh, of course, we I went to all the junior rodeos around here, riding steers and stuff like that. But uh, I remember I made both finals. I made the pro youth finals, uh, and they held them in Stephenville. And this was in 95, because this is the, the, the first year I won my first buck when I was 12 years old. Okay, yes. And I was in the... the Pro Youth Finals and the AWRA Finals, and they had them on the same weekend, but they worked with you because I was out in the matinee performance at Fort Worth, and then and then the uh, the night performance at the Pro Youth. And I remember feeling like a rock star because we're traveling back and forth there. Oh, no and, doubt. Uh, I, I I did pretty good in in the Pro Youth that year. Of course, that was first year I stepped up to Peewee Bulls, and I made some good rides, but I was notorious to hang up. I mean, I would hang up and drag to everything. My, my daddy had actually built a pen outside the house, and I had some little old bulls I practiced on, and, and he said one time, uh, if they could hear him screaming at me, because he would scream, ride, and, you know, get up. He said, you know, they'd probably throw him in jail for child abuse, but uh, <laughs> I remember I remember that weekend going to, to, to uh the pro youth and back and forth to to uh, Fort Worth to the AWRA finals, and uh, I made a really good ride on my first bull at Stephenville to pro youth deal, and was placing pretty good in the average. Well, we come back to the to the second night, and there was this one bull, number ten, and I can remember him just like yesterday. He's a black like a Corianty, and ten he turned back right there in the gate and he bucked. And I, and he was in the Pee Wee bull ride, and he was just a little bit too small to go to the junior bull ride. I got you. Yep. And so the second night, Dad comes to me, and I'm getting ready, and he says, if you could pick any bull, which bull would you want? And I said, well, I, you know that Bramer I rode at Saginaw or this and this? He said, you got ten. And I said, Dad, I don't want ten. I don't <laughs> go over and talk to him. I don't want ten. <laughs> He said, why? I said, I've never rode a spinning bull. You know, of course, back then, they just jump kick, maybe turn one. But then, I mean, he turned back and gate. He said, no. He said, you got Ken, you're going to ride him. He said, I'm going to show you how to ride him. And uh, so Dad's back there, and he's showing me, hey, there's nothing to it, you know. And I remember they cracked the gate on Ken, and he turned back to the left and kind of faded. And, I mean, for, for a peewee bull, he bucked. And uh, I rode that sucker, and I got off, and I threw my hat, and I threw my dad's hat, I threw Barry Bunch's hat, I threw all three of the bullfighters' hats, and anybody that would hand me a hat, I threw it. You know, I was, I was that nickled, and uh, I ended up winning the average there at the Pro Youth Finals, and, uh, you know, from there, from there, kind of, kind of stepped up, and my dad, you know, he took care of me growing up, because then the next year, I had to step up to junior bulls. Okay. And I went to a couple of deals, and the bulls was just too much. You know, I was small. My body wasn't developed yet. He said, we're going to hang out at the house. And, of course, I was mad because I wanted to go ride, you know. But my dad, I look back now, my dad was, was protecting me. Yes. You know, because he knew I, my body wasn't ready for that. Right. There was more power to them bulls and everything else. And, yeah. And if I would have kept going to them deals, I probably would have been wrecked out. Yes. Hurt and crippled and that's right. Quitting all that, you yep. know. Yep, no doubt. 
So uh, I, I hung around the house there and started going to high school rodeos, and then I would enter some stuff that, you know, we kind of knew the bulls that, that, you know, they wasn't real stout or this and that. And I stayed at the house and practiced a lot. And uh, I, I had a couple bulls, and uh, one of the Brimmer bulls, he really kind of bucked. My dad would get on him sometimes, and he, he'd ride the heck out of him, but I'd get on him, and he'd I'd hang up to him and drag around and stomp me <laughs> and everything else. But uh, Dad ended up buying me. We bought some more bulls to get on and, and, and play around with. And, and the bulls that he ended up buying were, were, were bulls that they were smaller type bulls. And they would just kind of jump kick, maybe turn back, but I could dominate them. And oh. I learned to get my form down. Okay. And uh, so then I got into high school. And uh, my, my freshman year in high school, uh, I couldn't ride the back of my back of the pickup truck i mean that's how awful i rode so so you know? so matt real quick every time you moved up you you was you was dominating the year before then you had to move up to another age group and and there was a learning curve there because things got faster or ranker or bigger yeah yeah and, and you're you're right david i mean like you say it was it was a learning curve and a stepping stone because i went to when I first started getting on steers, I couldn't ride a hay bale, and then I got to where I could dominate, and I could spur them with two, both feet and do whatever. You know, the peewee bulls was – peewee bulls was – I did progress pretty good in that, but then it come time for the junior bulls and senior bulls, you know, it, it wasn't – it was – that there was more power there. My body wasn't developed, and, and there was just a, a, a lot difference than just, you know, but you go in there with that confidence – you're young, you, you love it so much, but then you, but then you get to that next level and you kind of go blank because you really don't know what to do. You're right. You know, because you look back at steer riding and stuff, and in all reality, we're really just kind of hanging on. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, uh, my freshman year in high school, you know, the Bulls was bigger and, and it was a different game. And I mean, uh, there wasn't no lack of try there because I would start a good bull ride, but I was I was hunkering down and everything else. I was just trying hard, you know, because I wanted to do it. Yes. And uh, but you didn't really have a technique mentally, just yet. Go ahead. You you didn't have a technique down just yet. No, sir. No, sir. I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really have a. Te- I didn't have a technique. Down. And, and at and at that time in my life too, me and my dad, you know, I was a hard headed teenager, so we. We got into it, you know. I'd done something wrong looking back, but so I didn't. Me and my dad didn't speak for about two years, you know. So I was going. Well, I, I kind of got to where I could ride a little bit my uh, sophomore year, and uh, and but I was still trying to work at it and get better and all that. And then uh, I run back into my dad, and and then we we you know we got back on terms and stuff, and you know we we. I'd go work with him and everything else, and we was, we was back to, to son and dad, you know. Okay. And uh, and he had, he had had a built a rodeo arena at the time too, and that's another thing. I had a lot of opportunities growing up too, and 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 that's one thing that my my dad and mom both instilled with him is is if you're gonna do something, you better you know you got to work at it. And, right. Uh, yeah. And I I remember when I got serious about riding bulls. You know, Dad said, you know, he started getting me up, you know, at about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning before school. And, you know, we was, we was doing Jane Fonda seven-minute abs and push-ups and running on the treadmill. You know, being in high school, that's the last thing you want to get up to do. You've already got to go to school all day. Right, <laughs> yeah. Know? 
Yeah. But it, it, it taught me something. Yes. You know, it taught me it taught me the work ethic. Yes. So, uh, my sophomore year, I ended up, you know, reserve in the Lone Star High School Association. Well, then my senior year, uh, I dominated. I, I uh, you know, I don't. I might have bucked off one bull all year long in in uh, in the in the high school deal, and I was also going to the the amateur rodeos too. So okay. Uh, I ended up winning the the Lone Star High School Association by like twenty five hundred points ahead of second place. You oh know, wow! It was just at the time it was an ungodly amount, right? And uh, I was also going to the UPRAs, you know, and it was uh, it was kind of the same caliber of bulls that I was getting on high school. Okay, but there was it, it was a step step above, you know. I was going to Gerald Smith rodeos and Will Cooks rodeos, right? And, uh, I ended up winning the 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 UPRA. Okay. Uh, win it for the year and stuff, yeah. and 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 there are several guys that that I competed against that made the PBR finals. <clears throat> you know, the Saint Mike Lee was was one of my competitors in two thousand one. Corey Melton, uh, you know, there were some guys that, no that could ride. You know? Matt, let me let me let me push pause for a minute with you on on that and go back to where. We was growing up riding steers, peewee bulls, junior bulls, senior bulls, high school bulls, now amateur bulls. When, where did it click for you? Um, where you just, you, you, you know, you didn't, you wasn't bucking off nothing. You wasn't hunkered over something. When did it start clicking for you? What was that moment? Was it a bull? Was it a, when did, when did that happen? You remember that moment when it just like, Man, I can do this. Well, you know, David, it it actually happened like twice. It really happened like in two thousand one when 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 things I was just riding and stuff. But you know, kind of like you do them kids, you, you coach them. And at the time, I didn't realize it, but I, I had a coach, and that was my dad was coaching me no all, doubt. all the when I you know I could be a thousand miles away getting on several bulls and getting bucked off and and. And I could call my dad and tell him what I was doing, and he could fix me right over the phone. Yeah. Because it was just little things, a little, a little habits. Because my dad, he knew how I rode. He yep. knew what worked. Yep. And he knew what didn't work. You right. Know, he knew for me, I was tall. I had to get away from my hand. I have to lift and stick my chest out. How you know? tall are you, Matt? How how tall are you? I'm six two. Six two. Yes, sir. I've, right. I've actually grown. I've, I've, my, my license, they've always said 6'1", and then I got measured, and I'm 6'2". So I, think it's, I think it's from working now, just pulling all these wrenches and stuff because my arms have gotten longer and everything else. I, I thought as you get older, you're supposed to shrink, but I think I'm growing. <laughs> I'm growing too, but not up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right, so 6'2", that's a, that's that's uh. That's a that's not normal for a bull rider if you'd want to say that right. I mean, uh, people people uh, kind of perceive a bull rider being short. Yes, yeah, sir. And 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 some guys would say I was I was a little bit too tall to ride bulls, but you know I was just a little old wormy skinny kid too. So I didn't have a whole lot of upper. You know, like Corey Mountain, he's a real tall guy, but Corey. Corey was a, a thicker guy. Kind of thicker, you know? yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. No doubt. Yep. 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 No doubt. So, okay. So, as we're, we're, we're getting into the high school amateur rodeos, you're dominating. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're dominating. Um, what was your goal from that? I mean, where was you headed to? At that, that, that point in time in your life, you knew 
when you become of age, where you was headed to? I, I wanted to go to the PRCA, you know, but, of course, the PPR has been great, and, and it was there at the time. But, you know, growing up, I, I, watching, you know, the, the PRCA, and, and uh, you know, I just thought that was, uh, to me, it was a little bit, it was going to be a little bit more tougher because, you know, I've got to go to a 75 or 100-something rodeos, and I'm competing with, you know, a, so many different bull riders, and I've got to be the best, one of the best 15 that year to get to go to the finals, you right. know. Yes. And, and that was always a goal to be a, a PRCA World's Champion. And But just like that, goal setting was so important to me because every year I would write down my goals, you know, from the – and I started that senior year in high school. It said I, I wanted to win the Lone Star High School Rodeo Association and the UPRA. And you would write that down? I would write it down. And the way I'd write my goals down, I'd write those goals on a piece of paper. And then then I'd, I'd read, read the Bible. And whatever verse God gave me for that year, I put that verse on the bottom. There you go. You know, but, but one of the main <clears throat> verses that, that he had, it always give me with Philippians four thirteen that that I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Okay. So I put that verse on there or any other verse you get. And then uh, you know, two thousand two, uh, I bought my permit. You know, and it was one of those things. And, and uh, uh, some buddies I rodeo with and stuff, they'd won the rookie of the year, and they was all like, "Yeah, you got to keep it in Texas." You know, and I was kind of asking for advice. And they was like, "You know, rodeo on your permit the first year, then buy your card and all that." So. I said, okay, and and here we go. It's a it's a, it's a different level. It's a different level. It's a different mindset because you go here now. You're in the pro ranks, and I remember the first two rodeos I entered. I entered uh, one of Mac Altizer's rodeos down in, in, in South Texas, and uh, me and uh, me and me and my best friend Bandy went to Bandy Stars, and we went down there and. I rode some bull of, of Max, and he was out of line. I ended up slapping him and didn't make the whistle. Well, Bandy, he'd already been to pro rodeos and stuff, and, and, and he knows. So our next Saturday night, we're entered in Carthage, Texas, at uh, Sammy Andrews Rodeos. Okay. Well, you know, kid coming along, Sammy Andrews, bodacious. There's a there's sense of timidity there, you know. And uh, so we get to Carthage. My dad's there, and... and lifelong friend of my dad's and mine terry holland he was there and, and I, I i'll never forget it I, I drew a bull of uh sammy's called navajo joe he's a big old bramer and uh and i was i think i was the last bull rider out on on saturday night and that big son of a gun kicked out over his head and when he did that's the first time i'd ever in my life caught a knot hole and that thing caught loose because i'd seen people get knots and get drug up afterwards and and I'm riding this bull, and he's bucking. He's turning back to the left. But the whole time, I'm trying to get this knot out because I want to be able to get off this cell gun in eight seconds. Well, by, by then, the whistle blows. And I went in the bull ride, and I wasn't even thinking about riding. I was thinking about how I get You trying to get loose. You but I was like 88 or 89 points and win the bull riding. And, and uh, it, it was pretty cool because Terry Holland was, was talking about, you know, all the great bull rides that, and great bulls that, that's been through there at Carthage and stuff yeah. at, at the rodeo and stuff. And yeah. of course I filled my permit that night. Yeah. And, uh, and then I just, I, uh, I just kind of kept rodeoing, went to Mesquite a lot, went to a lot of Texas rodeos and stuff. And, and it, I would kind of go in spurts, you know, I would 
went a little bit, and then I would maybe fall off six or seven, you know. And okay. that consist- consistency and all that wasn't wasn't there that I wanted. Okay. But at the end of the year, I, I, I realized too my priorities wasn't in line, and I and I had not set me a goal that year. Okay. okay. I didn't really have nothing nothing to shoot at. So, you know, 2003 come along. And, you know, I, I set my goal. And, and that goal for that year was win, win the PRCA Rookie of the Year. Okay. And, uh, and at the time, you know, when, when I wasn't rodeoing, I was at the house, you know, dad had a rodeo company and, uh, uh, I, we buck bulls at the house every Monday, you know, all through my high school years, I was getting on bulls and I was working at it. I had me a little workout routine that I did. Uh, during the week, I'd worked out three times a week. You know, I never wanted to be real big, but I wanted to be strong. Okay. You know, I did, I, I got, I, I'd do 1800 crutches a week. Uh, we had a pipe fence there at the house. I'd learn to, to walk it and stuff, but yeah, I was always getting on bulls or, or we was roping or, or, you know, it, I, as I look back now, I was building endurance and stamina, but I was learning about position also you know and and and, uh, and so so real quick let me butt in on you but walking the pipe fence is is uh is that a lost uh training exercise because that's outstanding um that that taught you so much and that helped that not only taught you so much but it it developed your body uh, a lot walking that fence it, it did too, David. I mean, walking that pipe fence, and it also taught me because my dad he'd always tell me, you know, whatever I'm doing, if I'm working or riding a bull or getting off, he said, you know, be like a cat, you know. And, and, and he said, just it's just like a football player when he gets knocked down, he gets back up. He said, you got to be that way in 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 your bull riding or or you working. You got to be, you know, you got to be ready to react you know if you're working somewhere i mean anything can happen at any time you just kind of have have to have that sixth sense you know to be like a cat and get out of the way yes and that's something that walking the fence taught me because i would fall off but if i fell down i'd make myself roll or jump up or get back you know and it it taught me how to be catty and it taught me how to be quick okay but and 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 when i'd walk that fence i would have me i'd say well i'm gonna walk i'm gonna walk this far if I fall off, I got to restart over. You got to start over, and that's what I would that's do. That's right. So if I'd get almost to the end where I was going to walk, and I fell off, I'd walk back down there and get back up. That's and right. Go walk the rest of it. That's right. That's you right. Know, my dad, when he started roping, I remember he spent night. He'd work all day in his shop there in Will's Point, and he'd come home and rope the dummy, and he'd rope the dummy a hundred times right. And if he messed up, if he half headed it or didn't slick on it. It'd start all over. So yep. he might get to 99 and call a figure eight. Well, then he's going to be out there for another couple of hours until he ropes it 100 times right. That's right. He's getting that muscle memory, that feel, turning his hand over, grabbing his slack, and everything else. Yes. And that goes with anything. Uh, if you're going to do something, do it to your very best ability, but enjoy it too, and be willing to work at it because bull riding eventually came became easy but i kept working at it and and it was fun so it it was no longer a job it was fun yeah yes and and you're 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 you being a bull rider was something that was it something so so why did you want to ride bull i mean was it 
for the dream of the money? Was it someday you have a gold buckle? Why was you a bull rider? Why did you put in those practice pins and walk the fence and the, the four in the morning sit-ups? Why did you do that? Looking back on it, I, I loved it. You okay. know, it was it was, and it's something that God had placed in my heart to do, and it gave me the ability and talent. And it, it was, you know, I, I remember rodeoing and, and going and getting on bulls, and, and I did it because I just I loved it. But, I, I loved the atmosphere. I loved to draw a bull that nobody could ride, and maybe attempt to ride him, or you right. know, I I just loved it, and I respected the. the let me the let me ask so you this, much. Matt. So, so you say God-given talent, but do you believe, or, or as you saying that to me and to to the audience, uh, you had the talent, but you had to develop the talent. It wasn't just like handed to you. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, okay. and you know, when I say God-given talent, you know, I believe that God gives us the talent to do anything in this life. Right. You know, whether if it's rope or, or run barrels. But like you said, that he's he's gonna he gives us that talent, and he'll help us along the way. But he's not going to do it for us, right? There you go. And, and, and Amen. I, you know, and I go back to say that I, I believe everybody's got a God given talent. Yeah. And if and they may not have it at first, because if you look back from the day when I started riding, I mean, there, there's guys that that remember seeing me growing up and getting getting older and couldn't ride nothing and we seen a, a long time friend sandy lumley at the rodeo this past weekend and we're sitting there and he tells my wife he said i remember when this boy couldn't ride me <laughs> <laughs> outstanding but, but, but it, it goes back to to you know i i believe you can you can be and do whatever you want to be in this life but you got to be willing to, to to work at it to make the sacrifices and, and give it everything you have and do more than what the other guys Right. No, no doubt. But Matt, do do you think the hidden secret to that is you've got to love what you're doing? And if you do love what you're doing, the rest is kind of easy. Although it's hard work and early, early morning workouts and everything that comes with that. But if you love it, that'll, that's the first step. Oh, I I totally agree because, you know, and, and it's hard, you know, after, being out of bull riding and rodeo, it's it's hard to find anything that you love so much that's that fun. You know, my my family now <laughs> oh, is, is, yeah. is what yes, what it, it, that's my rodeo. You know, Feels I, that I love space. my dadgum kids, yep. and my wife's so dadgum much. You know, and that's what you know that's what's so much fun about life now is having them kids and, and, and having a wife that that loves me and puts up with my old hard headed butt. Ah, <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And, but yeah, going back to doing doing things, you know, that the old saying is if if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. That is very true. And, and life in, in general to me is is such a precious gift. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm at work on a three hundred and eighty feet in the air on a point of a boom and, and or turning a wrench or welding in the hundred and ten degree heat. You know, I love it because I know I'm taking care of my family. I'm putting food on the table for my for my, my wife and my kids. And that's what makes life enjoyable for me is knowing that I can provide for them. And, and, okay. 
help others along the way. So, so, and, and you, you uh, so that, that, so, all right, so that jump, that jump ahead of where I was going with our NFR stuff, but it's a hell of a story. Let me ask you this. When you, when you go to work, do you, uh, is it still in you, lives in you to, to be the best? To be- oh, yeah. It, it, it does. And, and, you know, David, from, I remember when I was, when I was in high school, and this was 2001, you know, I just woke up and I would tell myself every day, I'm the greatest bull rider who ever lives. And, and here it is 20 years, 20 something years later, and I still, I hear that every day in my head, whether I'm yeah. driving a fuel truck or, yeah. or, or, welding i tell myself i'm the greatest you know i I tell myself i'm the best welder i'm the you know i tell myself that because that keeps me motivated that keeps me enjoying what i'm doing and living up to it if i was a gas pumper i tell myself i'm the best gas pumper there is that's right yeah that's right yeah yeah and uh, yeah no doubt man and when you talked about goals you talked about you wrote them down and in, in, in previous podcasts, I tell the people, write your goals down because it becomes a contract to yourself with yourself. So when, right. you, when you write it down, it becomes a contract with yourself that you've committed to that. And it's, it's something to always go back to, uh, because somewhere, sometimes throughout that year, you may want to try to like renegotiate that contract and you can't because you already signed it. And so yeah. you got to f- finish what you started. So well, and and just like you said, you know, like when I would set goals, it was such a driving force for me because they would give me something to shoot at. It's it's just like a a guy that that hunts all the time. You know, he's out there and he's practicing and he's hitting them targets because he wants to hit that target. He's got something to strive for because he knows if that gun's a half an inch off this way or this way, he's not going to hit his target. So he's yeah. going to go out there. He's going to put in the work of cleaning his gun and make sure that scope's in line. So that he's going to hit his target because if he's paying $25,000 to go to Africa and kill a rhino or whatever, he better be on target. He better go hit his, <laughs> hit his target. That's right. If you, if you want to take one back home with you, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Or live. That's right. That's yeah. A little bit more than that. That might be illegally $25,000. <laughs> so, so Matt, let's jump forward a little bit here to, or move forward, not jump, but to, when did you really start making money riding in bucking bulls? When did that happen? Like, uh, when when did you uh, uh, start putting money in the bank? I guess in about probably two thousand and three. Okay. Before we get to that, I, you start to talk about making money. You know, I, I want to share this quick story. Uh, this was in in, in two thousand two, and it was towards the end of the year. Uh, I guess it was about August, September, whenever Mesquite closes. It's kind of towards the end, but I was fishing to start going September, to college October, at, yeah. at Hill Junior College on a rodeo scholarship. And, you know, I just, I, I'd work here and there, but I was broke, and I'd entered Marshall and Mesquite that weekend, and they made Mesquite a two-header. And Dad asked me, he said, where are you going this weekend? I said, well, I entered entered Marshall and I entered Mesquite. And I said, I'm not going to go, though. I said, I don't, I don't got the money. He said, well, I'll pay your fees for half, which, Dad, he, he paid my fees a, a lot for half, you know. And I said, okay. So I, I go to Marshall, and uh, I ride a bull of, of Scotty Lovelace. It's called Kate. I ride him right to the whistle in Bucknell. So I go to I go to Mesquite. Of course, I never I never really called back for stock because I didn't care. You know, I always seen it as my name's in the hat. I got as good a chance as anybody, you yeah. know. 
So I get to Mesquite on Friday night, and I walk through there, and the guy, the, the security guy there, he's like, oh, you got the big bull tonight. And I said, I, I don't know. Is he big? He said, oh, <laughs> yo, you got the bounty bull. I was like, okay. So uh, I went and found this bull. Of course, he was pretty good size, too. <laughs> and uh, so back then, they was doing a $10,000 dodge ride of the night. Okay. And, uh, that bull I had, I can't remember what, Rough Enough was his name. And uh, he just jumped out of there, and I mean, he just reared and dropped, kicked, and moved forward, and made one round, and then bucked in front of the bucket chutes. And then about seven seconds, he just kind of went to loping in front of the bucket chute. But I won a ten thousand. <laughs> and, and and the next night, I I had uh, I, I ended up riding a really good bull called Captain Chaos, and was was eighty something points. So I went I went the whole day. I went like twelve thousand dollars. You know, the ten thousand plus the two thousand. You, you was broke. You dad. was broke the day before. I come back to my dad and I tried to hand him a check for a thousand dollars. He said, "What's this for?" I said, "Well, that's your half." I said, "I want two thousand at the He said, "No, that one ten thousand. You want ten thousand? I don't." So I tried to get out with just give him a thousand. Oh. I have to give him six. Outstanding. But you can go from being broke one day to being set up the next. You never know. You can't give up, quit. Even if you no. have to borrow the money and That's you believe, right. don't give up. If you believe, yeah. 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 Well, and, and I guess, you know, when I started really putting money in my pocket well, was, was 2003. You know, I, uh, I, I bought my card that year and, you know, I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, some guys that had been to the NFR, Robbie Condra, he'd been to the NFR three times. Uh, been to the PBR finals a couple of times and Logan Knibby, he's the NFR qualifier. Uh, Brian Richardson, he is the NFR qualifier. Well, those guys kind of took me under their wing and, and, you know, I got to rodeo with them. And I mean, guys that have been there, done that, knew how to enter and all that. So, uh, you know, they was entering me and, and of course, I, I you know, with the PRCA, you kind of got to get your qualifications up and all that. So yep. I was, I was getting in some and then I wasn't getting in some, but right. where, when it really took off for me was, uh, and that was the second year that the PRCA had the Extreme Bulls tour. Okay. And uh, I, I, of course, they if they entered, they entered me. You know, whether I got drawn out or whatever. Sure. Well, they entered me in Salt Lake City at the Extreme Bulls, and I got into the son of a gun. And uh, this was right before the before the Fourth of July and everything else. So uh, I get into Salt Lake there, and uh, you know, of course. There's Cody Hancock, Terry Don West, you know, Blue Stone, you know, all the Myron DeWard, all the guys, you know. And, of course, you know, they're like, they didn't know who I was. They thought I was just some little four-eyed nerd, I guess, probably carrying these guys' rigging bag or was their driver or something, you know. <laughs> and I remember before we left, it, I bought this shirt in Fort Worth, and it was like black silk, and it had these flowers stitched on it. And I wore that to, the, to that bull riding that night. And... uh <laughs> I, I drew some little bull of uh, Bartiz in the first round. He is a little red longhorn, and I mean, he, that sucker kicked out there, and he turned back to the left, and he did buck. And, uh, you know, I could see them guys saying, well, who is this kid? You know, it might be a fluke deal. You right. know? So I ended up making the short round, and, and I drew a bull of Diamond Jeeves called Wanna Dance, and, and, and they didn't ride him a whole lot. He was kind of welly, and he was – was at the turf finales and all that, been to the NFR. Well, I drew on a dance and, and, uh, and I rode the heck out of that son of a gun. And, and I went, I, I think I went 25000 or $26,000 that night, one night. Wow. Wow. And, and, uh, of course, you know, them guys, then they took notice. They're like, well, who is this kid? You know, who is this little 
four out nerve trying to ride these bulls. You know? But Matt, how did, what did that feel to, to for a secretary to hand you a check that has your name on it with that amount? What did that feel like coming from where you come from? How did what did oh, that feel like? It it was it was a, a unbelievable feeling, you know, and and you know I think that better feeling than that was when I called my dad and then I called my mom and just their excitement, you know, uh, of, of their son out there and, and, and winning that kind of money. Yeah. And, and, uh, of course, uh, in that, that year also, that was 2003. That was the first year that the PRCA changed the rodeo rule. You know, it used to be, you could go to like a hundred and 25 rodeos, you go as many as you want, but you can only count this many. Well, that year they had a 75 rodeo rule. You could go to as many rodeos as you wanted, but when you called in, you had it designated if you wanted this to count towards your world standings or not. Yes. So, uh, I get to go in there and I mean, I'm, I'm, I had a really, really good year. I went second at Pendleton and, and I, I told you this story the other day and it was so funny and, and, uh, of course, I, I was placing that a lot, and I was just, I was right out of the top 15 all year long, you know, after that big win, and I remember going to Pendleton, and, and that arena was just so cool, you know, the bucket shoots and the racetrack and how they set up them them uh, PVC panels to buck the bulls in, and you <laughs> loud through there and wreck people out, <laughs> but I was the very first bull rider out of the whole deal, and it was, it was on a Wednesday, and because they had three rounds and then a short round. And uh, I drew a bull of Ike Sankey's. Of course, Ike wasn't known for having good bulls. You know, he had good bucking horses, but he, he might have two bulls that buck and the rest was just junk. Right. And I drew a bull called Roll Over Dip, and, and I've seen this bull. They said he was really, I mean, he'd leap in the air and turn back to the left. And I was like, this bull's going to fit me just fine. And I nodded for that sun gun, David, and he's turning back to the left, and I mean blowing up, and I'm spurring him and everything else, and I mean he's getting it around the left, and I'm riding this sucker, and I'm riding this sucker. And of course, Joe Bumgarner, he was fighting bulls that day, and I love that sun gun. He's like, Matt, get off, get off. And I, I hollered, I said, I ain't hearing no whistle. He said, that didn't set it up. I said, I'm not getting off. And of course, Joe, he says that for it's like get off the fucker <laughs> and so I get off and Joe comes on I'm not trying to be hard but you wrote it for 16 seconds <laughs> oh, that's outstanding I love that story they ha- they but hadn't I, set up I the whistle yet 16 seconds you know it was it was a deal that when I would oh practice my, my dad would would, would we would he would coach me and stuff. It wasn't we didn't ride for eight seconds. We rode for ten. Right. So we don't we don't we don't wait to hear the whistle because you hear guys <laughs> on the ride saying, Man, that whistle sure was long. We don't ride till we hear the whistle. So we, so, we ride we ride for ten or twelve seconds. And he said you know, he taught me you need to be just as strong at the start as the finish because you gotta you gotta get off just as good as you get on. Right. And uh so <laughs> we we go that year and I mean I'm right out of the top fifteen and, and so that last weekend I'm having to go to oh I'm flying all over. Well I ended up I ended up missing the finals by like fifteen hundred dollars. I ended wow. up like sixteenth or seventeenth. Okay. But I only had sixty five I went to like eighty rodeos that year. I had won fifteen thousand dollars unofficial and I had only went to sixty five official rodeos. I see. Yes. So, and yeah. Made it. But yeah. Yes, yes. But it, it like to say it was it was a learning experience, you right. know, on how to enter and all that stuff. 
But uh, yep. and, and it was just, and I remember going to the to the finals that year. I had to go out there. I ended up winning the the, the rookie of the year, and I also win the overall rookie for for the rookie that won the most money out of all the rookies. Yeah, and I got like they flew me out there and give me four night stay and four tickets and all that stuff. So we get there, and of course I'm pumped. You know, I'm at the national finals. You know, I'm I'm gonna be here one day. You yes. know, I'm I'm here. I'm gonna get to watch it. Now I'm gonna be here. Right. And I remember that first night, I had to sit in the stands and watch the rodeo, and I was bored out of my mind. And I said, I am never stepping foot. I said, I'm coming tomorrow night just to get my buckle, then I'm leaving. But I told myself, I'm never stepping foot back in this arena until I make it. Okay. Yep. And that was just going there and seeing where I wanted to be. Just filled my drive right so much because I wanted to be there. I didn't want to be there in the stands. You didn't want to be a I spectator. Yeah, I wanted to be on the back of the bucking sheet. Right. Yep. And so you know that that next year, two thousand four, went back writing them goals down. You know. Yep. In that year, I put I I wanted to qualify for the national finals. Right? Okay. And. uh here we go, 2004. You know, it gets you going to a good start. Of course, I never, I never did have a really good winner. You know, San Antonio, Houston. I think I rode at Houston like four times, and it's a three head. So that's three, six, nine. That's twelve bulls, and I think I might have all twelve bulls I got on at Houston over the years might have equaled two and a half seconds. <laughs> I just couldn't. I just couldn't stay on at Houston. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but. uh <laughs> uh, but the sum- the summers was always always good to me. Uh, I remember we went to Oakdale that year, and that's when Werewolf and Reindeer uh, was kind of cracking out. You know, they was they was big big name bulls, right? Yeah. And I get to Oakdale, and uh, we had stayed in Laughlin the night before, and I actually had a dream that I had drew Reindeer at Oakdale and was going to ride him. Well, we get we get to Oakdale. And I've got werewolf, huh. and of course, you know, I I think he'd only been ridden one time at the time, but uh, that little white son of gun, and, it, and it's deep mud too. And he was like, he never turned back that day, but he jumped as high as them bucket shoots, and he would shoot forward, and then he'd rear up, and I mean, he was just the wildest <laughs> son of a gun I'd ever been on. And I, I rode him. I was win Oakdale on him. I was eighty nine points. You know, and that kind of kind of boosts me up in the standings and stuff. Yeah. And uh, then we get to uh, I'm having a good little summer run, and we get to Reno to the Extreme Bulls. And uh, when the way they did the Extreme Bulls back then, they already had the short round set. So if you use a number one guy, you get this, this, and this. Okay. Well, the number the number one bull coming back was Werewolf, and I was like, man, I hope I'm number one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. In the first round, I ride a bull, Big Ben's, and I think I was probably about the tenth bull rider out of out out of forty guys. And I rode this big paint spotted bull, Big Ben Flying Fives, called Joe Hopper, and he just he just really bought jump, kick, and round. He didn't really just spin real tight, but he was moving forward and just boxing, and he was just he just bucked. You know, there was one time he'd kind of bounce me in my hand, but that's one thing that that Dad. Taught me, you know, we we rode with our arm mashed in our side and broke over our leg. Yeah, you know that way, if, if one gets you there, you can push off. Yeah. So I'm I'm winning. I win the first round, and 
panic, and I got werewolf, and I'm, I am excited. And uh comes down to me, and there was only one bull rider that had rode their bull, and that was Dan Wolf. He had stayed on his bull. So <laughs> I, I was guaranteed no less than 15000 Yeah. But if I rode him and won it, if you 40% of them back then, that was uh, 32000 There you go. So, and uh, I mean, Werewolf, he did buck that night. He he come out of left-hand delivery, and I nodded for that son of a gun, and here he was again jumping as high as him, bucking shoots, and around to the right we went. And, I mean, that was probably, you know, I told you about Biloxi Blues. Yes. But I, I think, looking back now, that was probably the rankest bull ride I ever made. I think I was like 90. One, but you know, nowadays it'd have been a ninety-seven or ninety-eight. Wow. <laughs> but the way they mark now, yeah. but yeah. That, that that son of a gun did did buck David. I mean, he was around to the right, <laughs> leaping high and kicking, and and you know, I don't know if you ever seen the, the stands at Reno, but yeah. they're just huge. And I remember when I got off of him, the fireworks went off, the people <laughs> was cheering, and I threw my hands in the in the air and gave a woo ha. And I mean, it was just a that that electricity and that that excitement of electricity, like, yeah, yeah. I, I did oh yeah, that, you know, oh, yeah. was yeah. just a, a, a fueling fire. Of course, all my buddies and everybody on the back of the shoot, you know, they're applauding you, giving them high fives and stuff, and it's just a, that's a, so much of a motivator. No doubt. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that a light of fire and that in you. Yeah, brought me from like seventh in the world to like second. Okay. So here I am. You know, I, I've got a chance, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I keep going on throughout the year, you know, having a, having a really good good year, you know, and, and my consistency was there, and, and it was uh, my, my riding style was, was pretty advanced, you know. But then again, there would be times where I'd get bucked off of you. Okay. You know, so yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd call home, and, you know, I'd call to dad, and, and, you know, of course, every night, every time when I was rodeoing, you know, I got done. First one I called was my dad. You know, we'd talk about it. Then I'd, if it wasn't too late, I'd call my mom, you know, let her know I was safe and all that. Okay. You know, but my dad, you know, I could be gone and and he would be, he'd coach me over the phone. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and that that kept me, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I realize it now that, you know, he was keeping me correct. Yes. And uh, so uh, I make a couple of the tour finales. I ended up winning went in Dallas, uh, the, the big tour finale, the face tour finale they had there was a really big, really big deal. I rode a uh, rompus of Sammy Andrews, and, and he was a young bull, and, and come from Lindale, too, but he just, he would leap in the air, turn back right there, and I mean buck, and, and here I am, I get, I get, I'm, I'm set for, I'm going to the national finals, and I'm in second place. I, I've got a chance. Yes. I went from being, I remember one time the I had I looked at the standings, and I think Dustin Elliott won the world that year. And I think he, at the time, he had like seventy thousand, and I had like twenty thousand. Okay, you know. But here we come down to the finals. I'm within like ten thousand dollars of reach. Oh wow! Okay, yes. But right there, before we used to have a bull riding school on on Thanksgiving weekend, and, and the next weekend we left for for the finals. Okay, yeah. Well, every year before I went to the finals, I got on practice bulls. The night before I left, I got on practice. Bulls. Yes, yes. So we I, we get on. I get on some practice bulls at the house there, and uh, then we go to Vegas. And of course, I get sick on the way out there. We, my buddy drove me out there. I got food poison or something, but I, I had the flu for like the first three days I was out there. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, 
<laughs> of course, I, I remember uh, going to Thomas Mack and, you know, I'm thinking, well, this is just another rodeo. You know, I ain't nervous. Of course, they do the grand entry, you know, and all the people that's there. And, I mean, it's it's a, it's a surreal deal. And this I mean, is your this first is, NFR that you're competing at? Yes, sir. You know, I was, I was there as a spectator the, the year before, but now I'm there to be spectated on. You know, yeah. people here to watch. That's kind of how I looked at it. Like, these people are here to, to watch me. I got to give them a show, you know. And uh, I, I, I remember, I was like, well, I'm not going to be nervous. You know, this is just another bull riding. But I remember when it come time time for the bull riding. So about, about the time that the calf roping started, we would, we would uh, rope up our bulls in the alleyway. And I remember I roped my bull up, and I stand on the back of the buck and shoots, and I see like all these people and stuff, and I'm like, "Holy cow!" You know, I'm I'm here. I was like, "These people are here to see me," and that's kind of how I thought. Yes. But my, my my the first three rounds didn't start very good. I I got a rewrite in the first round because uh, I didn't get out on my bull. And I bucked off my rewrite. Uh, second bull I fell off of. Third bull I had, uh, war dance of Earl Klein. Ended up being Thomas Taylor's later on down the road. And, and uh, he bucked me off. For well, the fourth round, I drew a bull of mesquites called Grim Reaper. And he, uh, he just scooted out there and around the right. And when he did, he lifted my head up and everything. And I just, cause I, I was on the side of it. And I just hung on the side of that son of a gun. But that was the richest ride I ever made on the side of a bull. I think I was 61 points and went like 8,500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did, I didn't give up, you know, and I, yeah. I held on the side of that son of a gun. And, uh, so from then on, you know, that, that one little hanging on got things to click it. Yes. And uh, ended yep. up making some really good rides. I ended up drawing uh, Dodge Durango in like the the seventh round, seventh or eighth round. And at the time, you know, Durango had uh, dang near three hundred outs and only been ridden. He'd been ridden once by Mike Moore, once by Cody Custer, and Dustin Elliott rode him in a previous round. And and I rode I rode uh, Durango that night, and and he was. To me, he was easy. He just felt good. I mean, sure, he wasn't the bull that he was when he when he was younger, but he still bucked. But I yeah. mean, he was a big old Brennell David and just reared, dropped, and kicked over his head and just ran to the left, and he just he felt like a dream. Yes, you know. And I yes. stepped off on my feet and threw the old fist bump up at everybody, you know. <laughs> and I was I was in the zone. On in the and, zone, uh, exactly. But I think not only was I having fun in the arena, I was having fun on the blackjack table too because I was winning lots of money playing blackjack. <laughs> <laughs> That's outstanding. But uh, it, it it come down to the to the tenth round, and I drew a bull of uh, I think it was Silver Star Rodeo from down there in Florida, mm-hmm. named Delightful Doug, and I'd seen this bull in the previous round. And he bucked Paulo Creamer off, and I mean this bull he bucked. He was around the right, but you know I. I knew this sucker, he's going to fit me. Right. And uh, and all I ha- really had to do was ride him to win the world. And uh, the very first jump out of there, he throws his head back, and he hits me in, in my left side of my, my face, and he shatters my face. I got seven or eight plates in there from it. And when he did, it just kind of raised me up and leaned me back, and I was I was out of position, and I just was pumping and doing everything I could, and, and I wasn't turning loose. And finally, he just, think about seven 
7.7 seconds, he just, he finally pulled me off of him and hooked me and run over me and everything else. And I remember walking out, of course, my face was all bloody and I wasn't all there, you know, and, and uh, J-Pad Evans stopped me. He's like, Matt, hold up. I said, J-Pad, I said, get me out of here. I'm hurt. He said, you might have still won the world. And I said, I don't care about the world. Get me out of here because I was in pain. But I still, they made me sit on a stretcher, and Dustin Elliott still had a ride because you know how the mathematical figures are. And yeah. Of course, Dustin got bucked off, but he, he still ended up winning the world. I think he won it by 55 or 6,500 bucks. And, okay. And, and, uh, and Dustin was a great competitor, too. You yeah. Know, he was, he was one of them guys that he was, uh, he was kind of, he wasn't cocky, but he kind of was, you know, he just kind of had that, that smartness about him or whatever, you know, and, uh, but, uh, it, that was really a driving force for me. But I, I remember the, ne- the next day, you know, sitting there, David, and I thought, you know, I, I came this close. Will I, ne- will I have another opportunity? Oh, wow. And, okay. And I kind of told myself, you know, it doesn't matter if I had an opportunity or not. I said I did the very best with the opportunity that I was given. Yes. I gave it everything I had. I said That's I right. tried till I couldn't try no more. I said right. I am a champion. Yes. Because I gave it everything I had. Yes. I didn't quit and gave it everything I That's had. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Wound up with how many plates in your in your face? Yes, sir. And it was pretty funny because we drove out there, you know. And of course, Tandy Tandy told me he said. I didn't want to have surgery in Vegas, he said, because the doctor just wasn't that good. He said, you think you can stand the pain for five or six days? And he said, I can get you in down there in Dallas to, to the, one of the surgeons he uses. And I said, yeah, but you're going to have to give me some codeine or something get me back to Texas. I said, this hurts. So he gave me some pain pills. And, of course, the left side of my face was pressed in, was mashed up, and my nose was like, right in line with my right eye. And it was so funny going into them gas stations all the way back from Las Vegas have to get something to eat or drink or something or use the bathroom and them people just look at me like I just come out of a horror movie. <laughs> you know, that was all messed up. So we drove, we drove back to Texas and I went to my mom's house and she took care of me for, she took care of me for several days. I laid up on her couch until it was time to go to surgery and then then she had, uh, she took me up there in Dallas and they did surgery on me and, and, uh, she took care of me. So there but, you uh, go. Thank, you know, thank God that, for mama's that time when I was off, uh, you know, that was just that driving force of, you know, I was this close. I, you know, I, I want that. Time. Yep. And, uh, you know, I took the necessary steps. I said, you know, I was this good this year or I'm going to keep working at it. So I said, I'm going to step up my game. I'm going to step up. I'm going to get on more practice bulls. I said, I'm going to do more exercises. Yep. I'm going to be mentally prepared. And, and like you say about the mental part of, of this game, it, it, it's such important. And it's and it's the mental part in anything in life. You've got to believe that you can do it. Yes. Without a shadow of a doubt. No doubt. Because we have, we have this little part, this little old, devil or whatever in our brain that's always going to tell us well you can't do that oh it's too hot outside that's right it's too early yep it's you know we're going to have this negative nancy and that's just our our human nature that one part of our brain that's that's telling us that That, and and it lives rent free 
in our yes. brain. <laughs> you know what I'm yes. How and did he get there? I don't know. Many a times is you got to kick that little guy out of your head because he's always going to be there. That's right. You got to kick him out. That's right. He don't belong there, but he's going to be there. He's he's living there, and he will. Yeah, and he will show up. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, he don't. You don't have to give him attention. You know what I'm saying? He he oh, he's right. not. He don't have right now. He could be the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Stop that! Quit greasing the wheel. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, yeah. outstanding. You know, and, and and it's just it's like you know I see people in life sometimes that just go through hard stuff and they just give up. Yes, you know you can't you can't never give up. You can't give up till the good Lord's ready for you. That's right. You know. That's my right. granddaddy was 95 years old this past year. Of course, the COVID got him. But if the COVID didn't get him, I'm sure he'd still be out there gardening and mowing his yard. There it is. Off. No doubt. He, he didn't no doubt. Quit, you know, and yes. that's, that's the thing in life that no matter what, we're going to face obstacles. Yes. This, this, ain't, this ain't a tough road. If it's bull riding or roping or training horses, it's all tough. And you got to be just as tough. And, and when life knocks you down, you got to get up and say, "Hey, bring it on! I'm ready for you." you and know? so, and so, you're starting the next year <clears throat> with seven plates in your face and uh, some NFR money, but at the same time, you're starting from zero now. That's right. Okay. And, and that's another thing, David. That 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 my dad told me is that you know them bulls don't care who you are. They don't. They can't read you buckle. Yeah. They don't read your resume. Yeah. He said, you got to prove yourself every time you show up. No doubt. He, he said, if it's in the practice pen or if it's whatever it is, you got to prove yourself and you got to show up every time. That's right. And, and when, when my mentality was when I made a good ride, I'd get off and I'd think about what I did right. And I don't care if I just won a million dollars, but that one's over with. Yeah. It's time to go to the next one. Yes. You know, if I got bucked off, Another I'd go eight back seconds. in my head yep. and say, what caused me to buck off? And then I'd correct it. Yep. I'd forget about it and go on. Yep, move on. Another eight seconds. Yeah. That's right. So 2005 is our next year. Is that right? Yes, sir. All right. Lead yes, me sir. through that. Well, 2005, you know, it, 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 it uh, I had a, I said, you know, I'm going to win the world. And that's what you I you fall off on, at Houston, I'm understanding, my, probably. And, my, and, is that right, Matt? I'm going to win the world championship. But 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 and, but but Houston's not going to be money won there because you're going to fall off there, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's probably what, that subconsciously, that's probably what I told myself, you know. And uh, I tell you what, David, 2005 was just like a, I mean, it was like a, a fantasy. I mean, it was just, there wasn't a, a, a bull that could throw me off. And I remember getting in the lead. And I, and I told myself that year, too, I said, I'm not going to look at the standings. I'm going to let all this take care of itself. But I kept a, a, a mental picture that year. And in that mental picture, it was of me riding, and I'm in second place. Okay. And I just put this blank figure in front of me that I got to catch this guy. So that was my, my focus huh. all year long. Was so you, I'm in second place. Even though you're winning the world, you're in second place mentally. Yes, ma'am. You're, and, and that's what, wow. what I told yeah. myself. I'm in second place, and I've got catching up to do. And uh, that year was just, I mean, it started off really a big first big win was uh, – Birmingham, Alabama, to Stream Bulls, 
uh, I rode a, a Brennan Bull Harlan Robinson called Corn Dog in, in the first round, and he turned, hop, skip, turned back to the left, and I mean, but moving forward, and I was 90 on him. And uh, I drew a bull that just cracked out called Biloxi Blues of Harlan's, and he ended up being the bull of the year. And uh, I remember seeing him at Bossier City at the CBR, and he just around the left, and I mean, gassing it and bucking and kicking. And uh, I think that's my all-time favorite ride. I, I drew Bluxy Blues there in the short round, and he turned back to the left, and I mean, just was getting it. But I rode him just picture perfect and, and, and yeah. easy. Yes. And uh, I ended. Up, I think I was ninety-four and a half on him. And uh, but my, my season just from there, it just it it just kicked off, and and. Uh, and, and like I say, everywhere I went, I had that vision. But I kept doing the same thing. Just because I was ahead, I didn't slack off. I kept my workout routine. I kept exercising. And, and you know, I would lay down in the motels at night, and I'd practice kicking my arm straight or kicking my, my arm bent, keeping it tucked in my side, toes out, getting hope. And, uh, and I, I remember just – and I didn't have – my mindset was if I was entered, I had as good a chance to win as anybody. As anybody else and, did. That's right. And and guys would, would turn out bulls. I ain't won nothing on him. And, and I remember uh, during Cheyenne, I was winning Cheyenne, and we always entered Deadwood at the time. Okay. And, uh, somebody asked me, they said, well, you're going to Deadwood. I said, yeah. They said, well, you got over. I said, I got, I got fire in the Corcos. Of course, I ain't been over 72 points on on him all year long and uh so they said you're gonna go get on that sucker i said well my name's in the hat i got a good just good a chance as anybody else that's so right yeah I go, I go to deadwood and deadwood's got them wooden bucking sheets you know yeah and and i nod for this sucker when i, I did i kind of jobbed him and he kicked in there and hung his horn and he turned out backwards and I mean, he went to spinning to the right and everything else. And I was 89 points and I went to bull riding on him. <laughs> and, I, and I was the only guy to make the whistle on the perf, too. And day money's and good. I, I went like 1200 in day money. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, things are going your way. Yeah, they're going. I, I get back to Cheyenne. Uh, uh, I ended up, I, I went Cheyenne and, you know, everything's just, just going great. Yes. And, but like I say, I kept that, that focus, that mindset that I'm in second place. I've got catching up to do. And, and, but I kept my work ethic. And I, I, I remember we went to, uh, Myron Dwarfs right there around Gallup and Pendleton and stuff. And, uh, of course, the top 20 guys are there and we're there for like three weeks. You know, we're floating the river and hanging out and going to these rodeos and stuff. And I remember Myron said, uh, Hey, oh Steve Cash and him gonna bring some bulls over. Kids gonna come on, y'all y'all come help out. Said, okay. So while well, the guys are standing around there with their flip flops and tennis shoes and all that, well, I come walking up with my rigging bag. And they said, What are you doing? I said, I'm gonna get on some bulls and they said, well, Man, you're you're winning the world, you got a chance of getting hurt. I wouldn't get on any green bulls. I said, Well, I got a chance to get hurt every time I get on. Yeah. I said, I I am staying sharp, staying staying prepared. So I've got to Top twenty guys standing there and watch me get on these brentles and slick killed in a in a bull rope. You know, I've kind of I've kind of gotten their mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no but doubt. I was, I was practicing and doing things right, like I was performing. Yes, you know the per- perfect 
perfect practice. That's perfect right. Performance. Yes. And uh, so we, we we by by sep by July that year, or right after Cheyenne, I I'd, I'd already I broke Terry Don's record. He had the record for he held the record for single season earning. Okay. Regular season earnings right before the finals. So I, I broke his record that he held for the most money won all the way up until the finals. Well, I broke that already by July. Oh, wow. Wow. So I get to the finals and, and I, I, I go in with like a, I don't know, a $80,000 lead over, over second place. Okay. You know, in my mind, I, you could, a person could say, well, this is just going to be a cakewalk or you can kind of slack up. Right. Know? But I didn't. I kept that, that same focus that I'm in second place. Okay. I'm in second place. Huh. And, that's, and, that's interesting. And, yeah. And I also had a chance to beat Ty Murray's record, which he held the record for the most money won in a, in a single season, but he did it in three, three Th- events. Yeah. And I had a chance to do it in one event. One. Right. Okay. So. I ended up having really good finals. I rode rode seven of, I rode eight eight of ten, but I ended up slapping one. But it come down to the tenth round. I'd already I'd already won the world title in the seventh round. Okay. But I had I had a chance to win the average. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm getting on in the tenth round. I've already won the world title, but there's still average. So I, I still kept that same focus. I'm in second place. Got some catching up to do. And uh, I drew a bull of, of Don Kish's called Razor Sharp, and they had, they'd won around on him uh, a few rounds before. They, Brian Richardson was 92 on him, and, boy, he was really good, David. He, I nodded, and he turned back right there in the gate to the right, and, I mean, he got it on, and he did buck, and, and I was uh, 89 points and went, went second to go around, but I, but I won the average. There you go, yes. And uh, I, I like to tell people this. I said, you know, I've been in the finals three times, but I ain't never want to go around. <laughs> <laughs> people say, you ain't never want to go around. I said, no, I, I ain't never want to go around. Wow. But, uh, <laughs> so, I, so I ended up winning, winning the winning the average and winning the world. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I, won, I wasn't going to stop there. You know, I, I kept that, that mindset, you know, I want to be the best. I'm going to work at it harder this next year. I wasn't going to slack off because I, I, I knew I couldn't. Right. I knew I couldn't just back off. I've, I've been given this. And Donnie Gay said it one time. He said it's harder to win your, when you're second or third or fourth when it, it's harder than the first one. Right. And so, uh, you know, oh, and I forgot to tell you that story <laughs> at the finals there in 05. Of course, I couldn't get off very good. So about the fifth <laughs> round, I got I got off this this bull and kind of rung my bell my dad come to me afterwards and he said hey you better get off right he said you're gonna get hurt so the next night you know and that goes back to what we're talking about is is the mental preparation and being prepared right of course, i was riding good but i wasn't getting off very good okay yeah so so the next night we're in the locker room top 15 guys and uh everybody's doing their bull riding moves you know they're practicing their bull riding moves well, i'm on the corner over there and i'm practicing like i'm getting off a bull and clint craig said look at that cocky son of a bitch he knows he's gonna win first he just practiced getting off <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh my god that's hilarious. i love that story <laughs> i love that story and, 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 you know oh my and, gosh <laughs> it, it, it was it was such a good 
fun time in my life. Oh know? my gosh! And, uh, but did you did you beat Ty Murray's record? What's that, Holly? Did you meet Ty Murray's record? Yes, ma'am. I ended up beating it. I ended up winning uh, three hundred twenty-eight thousand that year in the PRCA. Uh, I win probably. I won. Also won the the CBR World Finals and the average. Uh, I won the Extreme Bulls Year End Champion and the average. Uh, I won the College National Finals also that year. Uh, I, I was just. I had a blessed year. I, I won just about everything, everything that a, a person could win in that, one year. Yeah. Wow. And, but I, I, I just, I had that drive and, and that, that want to be the best and that, that, that work ethic. You and, know? and you, and that you was in second and you had to, to catch the, you had to outwork the guy that was in front of you, even though you was the guy winning it. You, you, yes, sir. yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. I and, like and, that. And That's I, awesome. I kept that mindset all year long. Yeah. You know, it, it, even if I was just at a amateur rodeo or whatever. And, yeah. And like I say, I rode bulls because I love. You know, and I, I, I think probably in 2005, there's no, I probably got on, shoot, 300 head of bulls or more. Okay. You know, I went to, I went to probably 90 pro rodeos. I went to a bunch of CBRs and college rodeos, amateur rodeos, super bulls, you know, wherever there was a bull riding, I'd go in her. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it didn't, it didn't matter if it was for 500 or 50,000, you know, I did it because I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I wanted to, I wanted to do it, you know, but yeah. I was, uh, I was always humble about it. I never, I never thought I was any better or any worse than anybody else. You know, I, I uh-huh. thought, you know, there's any guy at this moment could, could beat me, but I respected my competitors. Yeah. Okay. You know, because if they're in there, they're there for a reason. Yeah. Yes. What I think is cool about the whole thing is that no matter, I mean, you're at the top of your game and for an extended period of time, but you never quit getting coached. You never quit going to your dad, who was your coach and your mentor, and, and getting help. You weren't mm-hmm. beyond help because you were winning. I don't need that. I'm winning. You never quit having right. somebody have your back that you knew had your back. Oh, and you're exactly right, Holly. I mean, and that's like, you know, me and David talked the other day, you know, good lord he's he's the biggest coach we got you know he's there encouraging us and gonna see us through and it's just like a baseball coach or or a football coach you know they're there right. they're encouraging they're trying to keep their students correct they want their their, their students safe you know and, that, and that's one thing like cody custer has really done with this with these kids nowadays too you know is, is not is and, and he's got a set of bulls for like these junior high rodeos that these guys can learn on and, and win on, and there's not something that's going to kill them off. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. And that's something yeah. that you, you anybody inspiring to, to ride bulls or want to be a bull rider, you, we all got to start from scratch. You know, when, when we're doing it, no we're doubt. never doing it, we're learning. We've got to learn the right and the correct principles. That way we can succeed no and doubt. not just go out there. You know, you can take a guy with all the try and toughness in the world, but if he's, he's constantly getting – beat he's gonna give up it's like a boxer he's got a good spar sparring partner and that that sparring partner probably is maybe better than that boxer but if that sparring partner just gets yeah. beat up every time no doubt he's, he's eventually gonna lose his will to fight 
Matt, let me ask you this. Um, wrapping, wrapping this thing up, but I want to, I want to ask you this. What, when you say, uh, or not when you say, but you, you had a, a, a an amazing year, but what, what do you, uh, was you, did you feel like you were just that good or mentally that good? What, what would you go back on that allowed you to have that year? To, to, to become that well my, my dad told me one time he said son let me tell you something when you think you know it all that's as far as you're going to get in life you know I was I never thought I would tell myself I'm the greatest or I'm the best but I never uh, Gary if you said a quote one time don't believe the hype you okay. know you can have people pat you on the back oh yeah this thing well, you get to thinking that with this, you, you start losing your work ethic. You yeah. know, I always, I always, always to this day, even in my life, there's always room for improvement. There's okay. always right. ways to get better. There's right. always needs to get better. There's, there's, there's always a, 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 a striving to get better. I got you. And, and our, and our part in our brain, you know, that little man will say, well, this is enough. You've done enough. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, well, that, striving yeah. for the next, yeah, that little that little voice in your brain. He's lazy, and and he don't he don't want to win, you know. And so um, we that's that's and that's why there's Think Rank, the Think Rank podcast, and and all that. We have to we have to learn how to how to adjust to that and 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 overcome it and beat it because it's going to be there every day. And, um, and he's always going to be tapping you on the shoulder. And, and and usually it's right when you're fixing to really win. He's going to tap you on the shoulder. He said, oh, "You really think winning's for other people, not for you?" You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but listen, Matt, we're going to wrap up this, this version of it. I want to have you back. Um, I want to have you back. You have more of a story to tell and, uh, you're an amazing bull rider and, and, and probably, um, most people probably that know you really well would say you're more of an amazing person, um, us fans see you as a bull rider. The people that's right around you, and then some. You have a circle of people that I, I truly believe that just think you're better than than uh, than than just a bull rider. I think there's more that lives inside of you than just being a bull rider. And I just I want to I want to be the first one that tells you thank you for sharing your story with us. And um, it's going to it expire. It in, inspires me. You give me goosebumps, um, <laughs> and and I just love it. And and I'm I'm just thankful that that God allowed us to our our phone numbers to cross paths, and uh, and and uh, someday we'll have a handshake. So um, yes, sir. But uh, listen, guys, um, Matt Austin, he will be back. Um, and he's got more of a story to share. But we're going to wrap this uh, episode up, and. Um, and move forward. Matt, thank you so much. Thank you hey, so thank, much. Thank you, David. Thank you, Holly, for having me on. It was it was a pleasure. If I can ever do anything to help, just let me know. Absolutely, man. Listen, guys, we're going to wrap up this deal here, but... Um, we, we, as we listen to Matt talk, we just, we listen that he created, he, he created himself. Uh, he had to, he wasn't born a winner. He had to become a winner. He had to learn to become a winner. And there's some obstacles that he had to come uh, over to become that winner. And, 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 and I don't bring Matt back because, uh, on another episode, because there's, um, um, 
there's some uh, a there's a lot more left. You know, we just talked about uh, the good shit. There's some side of Matt that where he gets hurt and injured, and and just it continues to add to it, and um, and and his ability to overcome that, and uh, I think that setbacks. You know what I'm saying? And we all, whether it's an injury or not, we all have a setback. And, and, and Matt has those setbacks, but he also has that story of how he overcome that setback and, uh, and, and, and move forward and where he's at today. And so, but, um, I want that to be another story and, and because it's huge, it's huge. And, and, uh, and so, but my think rank crew, my think rank, uh, followers, thank you. Um, Every Wednesday we're going to do this. I don't know if I'll have a guest every Wednesday because there's times I'm going to have to line you guys' asses out and, and how to think right and be right and do right. What do you want? How bad do you want it? What are you willing to do about it? St- you know, stuff like that. So we're going to be David Berry style. We're going to reach up and, and, and sky's the limit. There's nothing that can stop us. There is nothing that can stop us except for us. And the only thing that stops us with us is that voice in our head that says you can't. When you say you can and you commit to it, you write it down with a contract to yourself, there is nothing you can't do. There is nothing you can't do as long as you love what you're doing. Okay, so but moving forward, I'm going to share stuff with you. I'm going to share stories with you. I'm going to share people like Matt Austin with you. Uh, it's amazing, amazing story. Okay, guys. So, but until next time, I'm David Berry. You're on Think Rank, listening to it, watching it, and uh, God bless. Adios. <laughs>